Hello and welcome to When It's Falling Apart, the student podcast for conversations about falling apart and putting ourselves back together. I'm your host, Meg, and today to wrap up our year, I've got a slightly different episode for you. I thought it would be good to go through some of the wonderful lessons I've learned on this podcast journey so far and share them with you in a final wrap-up episode. If you're in the mood for some little nuggets about finding your way in life, then stay tuned. You're in the right spot. Just a heads up, When It's Falling Apart podcast contains discussions around mental health as it exists to increase education and transparency around these matters. If you or someone you know needs support, we recommend contacting Beyond Blue or Lifeline, details for which are in the show notes. First though, I wanted to briefly take you through why I wanted to start When It's Falling Apart. It all started with a midlife crisis I had at 19 in first year uni. I failed my criminal law assignment because I was enjoying being a new uni student, playing frisbee, going out with my friends and study kind of fell to the bottom of my list. My immediate response to this was, well, if I can't write a basic memo, then I can't be a lawyer. I won't enjoy being a lawyer, so I shouldn't be studying law. I haven't been volunteering from day one or interning. My dad doesn't own a law firm, so I really don't have a hope anyway. So I withdrew that night from the units I was doing and decided that I was going to find what I wanted to do with my life. I was going to be one of those people that knew who they were. Over the next two trimesters, I tried all sorts of units, criminology, psychology, philosophy, public relations, even a marketing unit. And in this marketing unit, the first thing I noticed was when I was doing the assignment, it had six different sections. I went through the first five and it was fine. And I got to the last one, which was about checking compliance and legal obligations. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can do this. And then I realized, oh, I just found the law part interesting. After this, I had a conversation with the marketing lecturer who was the head of marketing at the time. And this chat honestly changed the trajectory of my life. I sat down for coffee with him and explained why I decided to change from studying law. He said, Meg, you know, if you study law, you don't have to be a lawyer. This didn't really compute in my brain and I nearly wrote him off. But then he said, you get so many transferable skills from studying your degree that you can take into whatever industry you choose. These are things like communication and teamwork and problem solving. So if you enjoy the study of your degree, focus on that. Don't worry about where you'll be in five years or 10 years. Just be here right now and let life go where it's going to go. So I did. I scaled it back. I focused on my units. I listened to when I was enjoying things. And 12 months later, I re-enrolled in the criminal law unit and got a high distinction. This was a huge learning experience for me. And at its core, what it taught me were two things. The first is sometimes it's just not the right time. And two, do things because they motivate and drive and fulfill you, not because you think you have to. Once I started down this path, I was able to embrace life with more excitement and passion rather than this feeling of obligation. From here, as I started talking and engaging with more students, particularly over the pandemic, I realized that these feelings of inadequacy and uncertainty within your degree and outside of it were quite uncommon and still kind of taboo. I realized that there were these confessions we were all holding close and not talking about. And in the process, we forgot that everyone else was feeling the same way. These were things like, I won't start an assignment until I can do them perfectly from the start. Or I don't want to scroll through LinkedIn because I feel like everyone's doing more than me. After the idea of starting a podcast was floated, imposter syndrome kicked in in record time. I thought to myself, I'm 23 years old. I haven't finished my degree. I leave all my assignments to the last minute. I stress eat full bags of Freddo frogs before exams. I recently discovered there's more than one setting on a washing machine. I've burnt myself while cooking twice in the last two weeks. And sometimes I forget to take a coat hanger out of a jumper before putting it on. Essentially, I can be an absolute mess. And then I realized that that was kind of the point. Mental health awareness to me is about acknowledging that there is no rule book for life. No one has the answers. Nobody does it perfectly. But for some reason, we all refuse to allow ourselves to acknowledge that. Objectively, we know it's okay to be imperfect and to struggle and to not be okay. But for some reason, we're incapable of letting ourselves believe that and incapable of being kind enough to ourselves to try. 
It took me realizing that in life, nobody knows who you are, what you're doing, or really where you're going from the start. And the beauty is in learning that that's all okay. When it's falling apart, is this platform to have conversations that are usually avoided and start to normalize the challenges that we face. So I hope that gives a little insight into how we got here. So now we can move on to the good stuff. These lessons have really changed the way I think about the world. And I hope that in one way or another, they might help you too. Our first episode was with the Desi Vlahos and she said, eat the frog first. (laughs) I think this nugget applies to everything from an assignment to seeking help when we're feeling off. She said, it's really important to look at why we are putting things off because inherently there's some kind of fear. Are we afraid of failing? Are we afraid that we're not going to do it perfectly? Is it too difficult for us? The most important thing when these thoughts take hold is to make a start somewhere. That's the hardest step. She also quite amazingly captured the difference between burnout and depression. She said, put someone suffering from burnout on a beach in the Bahamas and in time they will start to feel better. Someone with depression won't feel better no matter where they're located. This is something that I definitely found really helpful to think about as I navigated the uni trimester during our lockdowns and other challenges. Episode two was with Shanna Kennedy. Now, one of the main things I took from her was eliminating the phone from your room. She talked about how our phones are by our sides all day, every day. And I don't know about you all, but mine definitely contains pretty much all my life. She said, take it out of your room because when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you touch is your phone and your brain instantly makes associations with the meetings and deadlines and assignments and the 500 unread emails that you have sitting in your inbox. By taking it out of your room, you start your day on your terms, you take control of your morning and you don't have your day dictated by that message that is or isn't there or that thing you forgot to do or might've done wrong. Secondly, she said that you are the CEO of the business of you. Sometimes you need to put aside your addiction to achievement and pull back your energy 10% in order to protect the asset, which is yourself. The business or the company you're working for will always be putting them first. And if you don't put you first, then nobody's looking out for you. And it's okay to look out for yourself. Remember to circle back to your values. The most important thing is understanding why you're doing something. Episode three was with Lyndall Mitchell. She said something that genuinely changed the way that I look at my life. She said, be a human being, not a human doing. I know personally, I've gotten caught up in the hustle and bustle of life, taking on too many opportunities because I felt that this was my value. And I thought if I wasn't doing that, then I wasn't worth anything. So this reminder changed my life. Spend time reflecting, setting healthy boundaries, doing things you're excited about and being with the people you love. For me, this manifested as if I can't have time to go to the footy with my grandma or go to dinner with my family, then what am I doing all this for? Those are the things that are important to me. So I need to scale back and remember to be a human being. Episode four with Vanessa Shambrook gave us a great perspective on perfectionism. She said that achieving what you think is the top isn't always what it's cracked up to be. Hustle culture and productivity can be quite dangerous at times. And there's this unspoken culture in workplaces of keeping working and pushing through when we're going through a rough patch or sickness. We need to change this because it's okay to build boundaries and not be okay with the workload or whatever's happening in the workplace. In episode five with Sid Balachandran, he talked about how it can be difficult to walk the fine line between cultural heritages, especially for individuals with diverse ethnic identities. For Sid, it was challenging to confront racial experiences as well as truly embrace the fine line between being Indian and Australian and reconcile this with all the places in the world that he'd grown up. What emerged from his experiences was the need for understanding and empathy between one another. 
Harriet Shing in episode six talked about taking control of your own journey and being the role model you always needed and also being your own role model. Something really cool that she does is writes a letter to herself once a year. She does it on her birthday and every year at the same time, she reads the one from the year before. This will show you how far you've come and how much you've grown because it includes things like here I am now, here is where I would like to be, here's what's important and here are the things that I've learned. It's kind of like if you have a jar of M&Ms and it's full and then one by one, you start eating the M&Ms. By the time it's empty, you're not really sure how you got there and you've eaten the whole thing. If you look back at the full jar, you can really see the difference between it being full and empty, but we lose track in the middle. So by writing a letter each year, you get to reflect on those things and remember to be kind to yourself and know where to forgive yourself and also know where you can maybe push yourself a little bit further. My favorite thing about Rob Cunha in episode seven is how down to earth and relatable he is, which I think certainly came through. He said, pursuing and moving up in your career can be tricky business and can take you further and further away from your values and non-negotiables. For him, climbing the corporate ladder took him away from his core values until the elastic snapped. He said, it's important to identify and set your boundaries and core values, know when to say yes and when to say no to career opportunities that have a significant impact on your core values and beliefs. In episode eight, Rugari Gomo said, being human is all I need to be. Part of this journey of life is realizing that you don't have to be anything more than human. And it's also learning to let go of unnecessary expectations on both ourselves and other people and acknowledge that our worth isn't dependent on external results. In episode nine, Clarissa Raywood talked about redefining success. She said, if I was to leave this life tomorrow, would I be content with where my energy and attention has been? It's important to put time into working out what makes you happy. Remember, you're free to create and enjoy what life presents. You're free to define what success means to you and you're going to be okay. This one was a huge reflective moment for me to think about what is actually important. And it really linked back to Lyndall Mitchell saying, be a human being, not a human doing, because I wanted to do those things with my family. I wanted to catch up with my friends. And if I wasn't able to do things, then was I really succeeding in what I was doing? Lauren Kalindeman in episode 10 gave us huge insight into knowing when to stop and ask for help. Lauren worked super hard through uni, got into a good law firm, did her PLT with the mindset of, I'll just get through this, work for a few years, and then I'll step away and it'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Lauren discovered she had done permanent damage to her brain from being in a heightened state of stress for a prolonged period of time. After three years of practice, she stepped away and her headspace didn't get better. It took her almost four years to recover and she still experiences after effects. In her words, if she'd known working and studying like that would lead to this, she never would have done it. Now, it sounds very doom and gloom, but it doesn't have to be. The point is that nobody gets into these situations or becomes a lawyer or becomes a doctor because of the toxic culture. The point is that we begin to recognize the heightened demands and triggers within these industries and learn to listen to yourself and what you can handle and when you need some guidance or additional support. One of the key things I took from Mark Cross in episode 11 is when he said, I've written a book and I'm a doctor and of my own lived experience and often still feel like a fraud and sometimes get anxious about not being anxious enough. What it appears to be on the surface isn't what goes on behind the scenes. He still constantly doubts himself, overthinks what's been said, gets physical manifestations of stress like migraines. Natalie Hendry in episode 12 said, learn to say no when you don't want or need that connection. 
This one took a while to sink into my brain because I think with social media and all the connection that we have to people, then why wouldn't we maintain those connections? But she said, there are 7 billion people on this planet. Not all of them are your people. You're not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. We need to remember that we're living in an age of increased connectivity but we need to remember what's valuable and what's actually going to benefit us in the scheme of our lives. Sophie Nicholas, the financial feminist in episode 13 said, buy your coffee if it makes you happy. One of my favorite things about Sophie is she doesn't believe in depriving yourself of little joys in order to save money. She says, work out what you value and where you want to spend your money. For example, she sets aside money each week to buy her ice latte that makes her happy. And that's okay. And not going to mean that she can't buy a house or everything that she's been saving for. It's about being proactive with putting your money aside. She is also passionate about bringing feminism to finance and paying attention to how being female impacts your money and savings. Female products are often more expensive purely because of pink packaging and flowery designs. Sophie says the answer to this is to buy men's products. They're often cheaper and the same, if not better quality. Men's razors, men's t-shirts, even men's underwear. In our final episode, Azaria Bell said you don't need a stable income to budget and track your expenses. It's likely you won't even have a stable income while you're studying. So what's more important is being aware of your spending, tracking what you do each month and being proactive in setting money aside. It's important to isolate your expenses, work out what you would spend over a year and make sure you set aside enough each time you get paid. Ultimately, mental health is a spectrum. Regardless of whether you have a diagnosed condition or not, we all face challenges and struggles throughout our lives. The more we understand this, the more we accept this, and ultimately the more empathy we give each other in figuring out our lives, the better we will be. The truth is that no matter how it looks, everyone has their struggles. This podcast has taught me so incredibly much this year, and I'm so grateful for everyone involved for sharing their wisdom. To anyone listening, please know that the world is complex and nobody has a rule book. We're all just piecing together the puzzle in front of us, but we've all lost the box. You're not alone in what you're feeling. It's about being brave enough to acknowledge those struggles and embracing your vulnerabilities. I hope that even one part of this podcast has resonated with you and maybe even given you a new perspective on something. At the end of the day, it's about putting one foot in front of the other, even when it all feels like it's falling apart. Thank you for listening to this episode of When It's Falling Apart podcast. To keep up to date, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts for new episodes every Friday. And make sure you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. These links are in your show notes. If this episode has triggered anything for you around mental health, I recommend reaching out to Beyond Blue by calling 1300 22 46 36 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. When It's Falling Apart is produced by Behind the Grand Media and Meg Reid. 